Welcome to Crispy Coated Robot Listens to an in-depth exploration into music's pinnacle recordings of the past. For this episode, Jim and George will discuss Die Your Straits' 1985 acclaimed hit album, Brothers in Arms. Hey, it's Jim. And it's George. Welcome to Crispy Coated Robots Listen 2. Mm-hmm. And we, we just break down albums uh, track by track. That's correct. Going to talk about them, talk about the songs, talk about what they mean to us, maybe some uh, facts that you know or don't know yeah. or, or whatever. Today, what's the album, Jim? Dire Straits, Brothers in Arms, 1985. 1985. This is their fifth studio album. And I would probably say most successful, unless you have other stuff that says it is not. No, this this is their their big. It yielded their biggest single, which we'll talk about. Yeah, uh, but yeah, this is their best selling album, um, and, and this is great too. Track each track of this is perfection. True, true. Yeah. So I'm sorry to interrupt. Continue. No, no, I I agree 100. percent I'm excited about this. Uh, this was one of the first albums that. Uh, was directed at the CD market. So this was a full digital recording. Uh, and at a time where a lot of popular music was still being recorded on analog equipment on tape. Yeah. Yeah. For, for our, our listeners that might not be familiar with those terms. Uh, but it was the first album to sell a million CDs or, or oh, albums, wow, really? or whatever we want to call it, uh, an LP in the CD format. So, that's interesting too, because I mean, I did notice as a kid, and the thing about it too is we're talking about CD players, not as we knew them at the end of like CDs big rise. We knew these CD players in 1985 cost like seven hundred dollars, or really expensive. And yeah, this, and this was like a joke that was used in the Wedding Singer movie. That's like I got a CD player, it's digital music, and it only cost me nine hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, yeah. when we saw what CD players became, it was like you can buy a disc man, you know, which never worked uh, because you would jog, and all of a sudden, you know. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, it be, it was a it was a huge deal to have a, a album like you say be made specifically for this digital sound and you can really tell just the pureness of the album that it's something different about it you know and I think that might have been it yeah um, again one of the first uh, records uh, that was recorded on the Sony twenty uh, four track digital tape machine and it just I for me it it's a clarity um, of sound. Um, now those are there are those that will argue that it doesn't have the warmth that an analog recording. So vinyl isn't going to go away. Uh, although at the time, people that's what the they were saying. That yeah. This is going to replace vinyl like the eight track tape. You know, this is going to knock it out of the market. Well, we know now that that's not the case because there are certain nuances of vinyl that. Um, that you get plus, you know, yeah. just to hold that big album cover is fun. Yes, it but, was. Uh, yeah. So uh, that, uh, in terms of accolades for this album, this is the eighth best-selling album in uh, the United Kingdom chart history. Oh wow! Uh, won a Grammy for best engineered album, nineteen eighty-six. No surprise there. Uh, everything we've been talking about, and uh, certified ten times platinum in the UK. Jeez, that's why I kind of like, I guess the band kind of fell apart after this and, you know, Knopfler had enough money to do whatever he wanted. Is that what happens? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying that's all speculation right there, folks. Uh, also, weird fact what about this is made for digital. I bought this one on an album. Oh, <laughs> there you go. In your face. CDs. In your face, making it for CDs because I bought yeah. it on an album. 
Yeah, and the thing is, I, I had a pretty good record collection back in the day. And when I did get a CD player, I didn't have anything to play it on uh, other than Robbie Robertson's solo uh, release. So I just listened to that over yeah. and over. I, I can, that oh, album, I know everything that. about that album. That's the one I, he growls through, right? Huh? That's when he kind of growls through, like going down the river. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Somewhat down the crazy river. There anyway, different show. Uh, but the <laughs> point being, this was a pivotal point in the way that records, albums, musical projects, whatever term you want to use, uh, that they were recorded. And uh, this was at the forefront, which I'm really grateful that it is such a good album uh, that, and, and Knopfler's guitar playing, which I'm sure we'll talk about through here. It's it's just pristine and and captured in in such a unique way. Oh so. yeah! So let's dive into one of the songs, the the opening song, "So Far Away," which is so a ni- nice kind of feeling to start off the song. It definitely is Dire Straits. You know that's their sound, and they didn't change with the digital recording. It's Dire Straits, but the songs are so something about these songs together sounds really great. So let's jump into "So Far Away" as we listen to Brothers in Arms. The staff of Crispy Coated Robots and Circus Joe Productions deeply and sincerely regret that hosts Jim and George are too cheap and financially insolvent to fork over the necessary funds for the music licensing for this episode. Should you decide, as we have, that their lack of commitment to this cause has put a proverbial burr under your saddle, and you want to hear the tunes discussed, please visit the hyperlinks provided in the episode notes. We apologize for this neglect, and wanton travesty of a presentation. But seriously what did you expect? Now on with the show. There you go. George, you're so far away from me. Uh, well, that's the way I like it. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Those burritos that you had. <laughs> all right, all right. breakfast burritos. Crispy Coated much. Robots listened to Dire Straits, uh, Brothers in Arms. That was the first single they, that yeah. they released from the album. So, so and and uh, I'm guessing it didn't do as well as the second single from the album. This, well, As I mentioned uh, earlier in the show, this is their most commercially uh, successful single from the band uh, to date. We're talking about track number two? Track number two, Money for nothing i want my i want my mtv this won the uh, grammy award for best uh performance by a rock duo or group uh with vocal in 86 and it's it's kind of crazy when i saw and they have a, a video which is very popular uh was at the time and mtv didn't know what to do with the video i mean i saw like the vjs were confused it's like is he making fun of us or what is he, you know, and really the, the whole song is written around an overheard conversation that he he heard like in a oh, yeah. electronic shop. Yeah. You know, so that I mean, it was kind of like, it wasn't, he was like, I'm going to write a song to make fun of MTV. It was like somebody's perspective and he just took the yeah. conversation and made a song out of it. I was with Chase Staggs in Galveston uh, and he said, MTV will never play this song. They, you know, because of the yeah. reasons that yeah. you said, and I was like, I don't know, you know, they, it's a good song. And, uh, he said, there's no way. Well, he was wrong because oh, it yeah. became, it actually won video of the year, uh, with MTV, uh, video music awards. And so this that, is like, uh, pre-dating toy story by like 10 years, but it's kind of yeah. got that uh, computer animation. First that, computer yeah. animation. Uh, Knopfler was never a fan of, of videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a. Uh, from their um, album, oh gosh, what is it? R- with the Roller Girl thing. Um, uh, the album with the Roller Girl. 
moving pictures? Moving pictures. Yeah. Gosh, sorry. Even that video, they're just playing in oh, silhouette. I'm sorry. Moving pictures is rush, right? I'm talking about oh, ma- making movies. Making movies. <laughs> making movies. I just was like, pictures, in, in, my, in my head, I was like, okay, it's not, not that's rush. Yeah. Uh, but making movies. Sorry, gang. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, but with that, he was never a fan. So the videos for this album usually just feature them playing, even with this computer animated stuff. The only shots you see of the band, they're playing live yeah. on one of the TV appliances yeah. that they're uh, carrying around and, and everything, the, the and, little cartoon characters. And not exactly uh, PC for the moment. You know, we're playing the cleaned up version, but uh, not, there's, a, there's a little passage in here when he's watching a, a boy George-like figure on TV. And- yeah, and, and again, I cut Knopfler some slack because he is pretending to be a character this isn't his own words, but he is pretending to be a character observing uh, music videos and, and things like that. And so, yeah, it's it's very uh, – it's been considered, you know, uh, homophobic yeah, yeah. Uh, and everything. But I don't think his intention – he was never making a statement or anything. He is just talking about these blue-collar appliance workers and how they're viewing things and – just like, wow, you know, look at this girl, you know, running around, you know, putting it in the camera, so to speak. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and, and that's what happened at the time with MTV. People were like, these videos are getting really over-sexualized for these exactly, kids. Exactly. Right. And so, I mean, he was, it was a commentary of the time. And then getting Sting- Caught a lot of flack about that, though. He really did. Yeah. And, and getting Sting on there, who, uh, you know, basically recreates his uh, Don't Stand So Close to Me. Yeah, don't Stand So, so Close to but Me. But Sting also was big, you know, in MTV hit and doing commercials for MTV to have him kind of jump on this song and kind of do something that, uh, you know, a parody of. But MTV had taken that Don't Stand So Close to Me, yeah. I Want My MTV thing yeah. from him without any credit. And they they did that before this came out. So when he did it here, I was like, you go, Sting. You're kind of taking it back from them. He gets them. credit from them, and he is yeah. a co-writer on the song, yeah. too. So the, let's jump into it. The big hit, Money for Nothing. Listen to this keyboard intro. Yes. <laughs> from Dire Straits, uh, Brothers in Arms. Please pause the device player now to review the audio file link in the show notes, if you're into that kind of thing. We now return to Jim and George. That ain't that ain't working. working. <laughs> Get a little blister on your finger. Uh, money for nothing there. Uh, dire Straits as we listen to Brothers in Arms, the uh, classic album from 1985 today. And um, anything else to say about mother money mother for nothing mother for nothing <laughs> money for nothing because uh, the next song is another hit. So I mean, I just write bam bam bam. Oh, all the way. This is the fourth single, "The Walk of Life." Uh, Knopfler wrote this song. Um, about to, to kind of celebrate the, do you know what a street busker is? It's a guy who plays like a yeah. guitar or harmonica outside. Opens and, his guitar case. Yeah. You toss in money as you walk by. Yeah. Uh, so that's where uh, we're going to hear references to bebop luba and, and what I'd say and, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. So let's go ahead and uh, junk on, junk on, jump on this one. <laughs> jump on into this walk of life right here as we listen to Brothers in Arms. Please pause the device player now to review the audio file link in the show notes. Welcome back. Here's Jim and George once again. There we go. You know, that song, uh, the co-producer, uh, Knopfler produced a- along with Neil Dorsman. I don't know if you know who that is, but he didn't want to include the song on the album. 
Really? What was the uh, reasoning? He just didn't think it fit, you know, uh, the album, which I don't, I don't know what he had in mind, but the rest of the band outvoted him and I'm glad they did. Cause that is a solid single as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And they have the little intro too. Uh, I mean, it's all, it's all dire straits. I mean, there's nothing like this is a rockabilly song. You can't put this on there, you know, which, you know, different styles are kind of integrated into the dire straits sound, yeah. you know, no, no to those bagpipes, <laughs> you know. but, um, yeah, I think it's a, uh, you know, definitely adds to the album and it would have been a shame if it would have been left off. Yeah. Because it would probably been released as a single later and probably been a hit. And like, oh, that was supposed to be on Brothers in Arms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're headed for a different change of pace, gang. Uh, your latest trick. This is the fifth single. Oh, really? I didn't know this was a single. And a uh, nice little trumpet and in, uh, intro sax exchange Beautiful. here. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but very different pace. Uh, the first time I heard the song, I didn't realize I was listening to the album. Uh, this album until yeah. Knopfler starts singing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow, what what is this? Oh, this is from Brothers in Arms. That wow. was his latest trick. Yeah. Uh, he tricked me. <laughs> yeah, right. he did. He here, got it. here it is as we listen to Brothers in Arms. It's time once again to pause in order to check out the music. Here's Jim and George once again. Your latest trick, George, is being on the Crispy Cut of the Robots, listens and to... What a trick it is. Dire yeah. Straits, Brothers in Arms. There yes. you go. Great song there too. This whole album is like there's not a song where like well you know that's a filler. There's no really kind of filler on this one. No, and I and I like that they they go different places uh, sonically with with this like that track. Uh, how that is so different from Money or Nothing or even you know some oh, of the other things nothing, that yeah. we're gonna. What? You said money or nothing. That sounds like money for nothing. I thought you said money or nothing. You so, said mother for nothing. It sounds so. like it sounds like a game show. Money, money or nothing. Yeah. Okay. But money yeah. for nothing. Yeah, that that was kind of a failed game show experiment that the uh, <laughs> Dire Straits. Dire Straits, <laughs> and that's how they got their name, Dire Straits, because they they got All the right. they got the nothing. Now you're making up just fake stuff. Well, yeah. Why worry, George? It's just a show. Yeah. So here's another mellow offering from the band. Kind of kind of reminds me of a uh, Everleaf Brothers. Yeah, and then you you saw the when he played along with Chet Atkins on his special. Yeah. It was a very, they did a live version of this with Everly Brothers singing on it. And it was very. Oh, br- yeah. Oh, yeah. Very sweet. So this was intentionally kind of an Everly Brothers yeah. uh, homage. Very, of. very sweet tribute uh, but very um, version of it. And of course, Chet Atkins, uh, he really impressed me because he's like, you know, this, this guitar player can play on anything and sound great. And then you have Mark Knopfler doing his whole, you know, style playing with the thumb and that yeah. real kind of tone he gets is amazing. So enjoy Why Worry? as we listen to Brothers in Arms. Please press pause now. Welcome back. Here's more from Jim and George. All right. Why worry, George? Yeah, nice little drum cadence there. Uh, it's practically kind of like a lullaby in, until uh, you get that. Uh, but uh, very nice. I like the time that they, uh, the, the fact that they just kind of take their time and let that go for a little while. That's nice. Yeah. Nice, nice way to end uh, side one. So we're on to side two, where we ride across the river to the other side. Excuse me, ride, ride across, across the, the river, river to the other side. side. Sound like we sound like Robbie Robertson doing Mark Knopfler somewhere down the crazy <laughs> river. Somewhere down the crazy so, river. So, all right, it's a different episode. Uh, but uh, this song, you know, it's another um, kind of moody piece. Yeah, you uh, interesting rhythms. Uh, this kind of comes out of nowhere for me. I, I wasn't expecting these. This percussion and flutes and trumpet. There's even cricket noises. Oh yeah, and it kind of goes in that, that jungle sound. Where he goes and you know he's going down the river. Yeah, I actually listened to it recently and I looked behind me to see if there was like so, a bug in the house. 
Yeah, so many mosquitoes uh, on this recording, so yeah, just be, yeah. beware. So let's take that right across the river as the Crispy Code Robots listen to Dire Straits, Brothers in Arms. You know the drill by now. Pause here, listen to the track, and come back. Welcome back. Here's Jim and George once again. All right. Yeah. We're back. I thought they were going to go into Peter Gabriel's sledgehammer there at the end with that little <laughs> flute. That's the same, <laughs> that little trill, that, that's yeah. identical. Wouldn't yeah. that been interesting if they did? That would really be interesting. Since the, I don't uh, know that it would be good. Since but the album so was wouldn't be released for another year, so if he, so Gabriel stole this, is they what would you're saying. they would have stole it from Peter Gabriel somehow, and well, he stole it from them, obviously. Well, you'd like to play what would have been. That would have been interesting. He would have been like, wait a minute, I was thinking about writing a song <laughs> like that. <laughs> All right, so that's the end of Right Across the River. On now to the man's too strong, and I've had this. Uh, I've been accused of this so many times. Just being too strong. Too strong. Really? Too strong. Get out of here. Now, this song is about... Uh, the, actually, these these next few songs are where the album gets its its namesake from because they're dealing with war. Uh, some of these... The, this one in particular is about an ancient soldier or war criminal uh, and his fear of showing his feelings or weakness. Um so it's a it, it's an interesting at first it's kind of folksy would you say yeah and then there yeah. then there are these dark chord strikes that'll uh-huh. happen that are fascinating yeah like I said that's it kind of plays off the mood piece of the last song so I mean True. Uh, you have this whole side too of creating this kind of you know mood except for the next song which we'll talk about but let's let's dive into the man's true strong here as we listen to brothers in arms please pause the device player now to review the audio file link in the show notes if you're into that kind of thing we now return to jim and george there he is the man is just too strong yep why is he too strong he's just too strong sometimes you can't just you can't explain it you know yeah, I, I think i think it it's you know he's kind of inverting that he he really is weak because of his uh, he's afraid to really open and reveal himself. But, so um, you can, you know, well, that's a good explanation. Thank you, George. Uh, You're getting back to tidbit status here. <laughs> <laughs> or was that, that wasn't even a tidbit. That was kind of speculation on your part. I mean, I mean, but it's a good, good diagnosis of the song. Or did you read some sort of paper on it? Okay. We're listening to brothers in arms today. George is not answering any of my questions. <laughs> So uh, we're up to One World, which this is, when I first bought the album, I listened to Money for Nothing, and I, I really like this song. I find myself keep on skipping across the needle and going to One World. This be- is a lot like, you, you can tell this is the band that did Money for Nothing. It yeah, doesn't okay. sound like Money for Nothing, but it's got a vibe or a quality to it. And just the uh, yeah. the percussion on there that, you know, and, it, yeah. and it has the the bass doing some really kind of slappy bassy things, so which, I, which I've always loved. So it's, it had a unique sound to it, you know? And then the words, too, George, you're kind of going with this whole war theme on these last three songs. Yeah. Um, again, you, to put this in context, and I say this a lot, you've got to judge art against what is happening in other art and what's happening in the world. And this album, uh, you had the conflict that was happening in the in the Falcons. Um and so a lot of this stuff, when it was written, was uh, kind of his processing and going through and how to make sense of, of you know, the craziness that is war and things. So uh, definitely had an influence on, on this as, as well as 
the the next song that that we'll listen to. But uh, let's uh, let's check out. I, lo- I love this song. This is a, yeah. a strong song, uh, and like I said, it kind of harkens back to the Money for Nothing band. Now I would have guessed this would have been the single over your latest trick. I, I agree. So I, I don't understand. You know, li- your latest trick is almost like a great album song, like you said, beginning yeah, with, with that cut, horn and stuff. Right. Yeah, but uh, interesting choice. And here's One World from uh, Dire Straits Brothers in Arms. Please pause the device player now to review the audio file link in the show notes. Welcome back. Here's Jim and George once again. All right, we're back from One World, George. Yep, and we're on to the third single, Brothers in Arms. Last song on the album, too. Last song. Nine tracks, but still, it, it is a substantial album. It's not like a John Cougar Mellencamp, nine tracks, 32 minutes. It's It's got some really great musical stuff Absolutely. going on. Absolutely. Not yeah. saying John Cougar doesn't, it's just a different type of album. So, on to Brothers in Arms, and it's a song that kind of, like you said, it fades in, has a great guitar part, and then a whispered vocal almost at the beginning. Yeah, but uh, it, Knopfler said that the song is supposedly sung by a soldier that's dying on the battlefield. And uh, the first two verses, he's about his comrades, about, you know, to the, of the dying soldier. But then there's a twist. And the third verse, talking about the enemy soldiers also are brothers in arms, that we're all affected by the horror that is war. Yeah. Because I remember vividly the first words. I think these miscovered Almost like an old folk song, you yeah. know, that comes in and uh, the guitar work on this song. I mean, it's great the entire album, but some reason the, the notes he's really hitting here almost hits you in right in the heart and gut. You know, it's it's you feel it almost. I'm a big David Gilmore fan from from Pink Floyd, yeah. and one thing that I always appreciate about his style and uh, Carlos Santana is the space between the notes. And just allowing the tone to ring out or whatever. And Knopfler is no slouch. He's a fantastic guitarist. You know, my first exposure to him was actually the work he did with Bob Dylan. Um, But uh, here, this is just so good. This is one of my favorite Knopfler moments, honestly. Yeah, so here it is, the title track from Brothers in Arms, as we listen to the album with the Crispy Coated Robots. This should be the last time that you have to pause this, I promise. And now, here are some final thoughts from Jim and George regarding this episode's selection. What a, a amazing album finish there. That's Brothers in Arms yeah. from Brothers in Arms. And this has been a great episode, George. I really enjoyed this one. So. Yeah, this is a good album. I'm glad we got to talk about it and listen to, to this stuff. You know, it still sounds fresh, um, not just because of the digital recording. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, And I think it's still... Uh, the ideas expressed here, I think they still uh, are relevant, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it's an uh, album that will, and it has, I mean, 85, it's definitely has stood the test of time being an album. You can still pull out and still kind of get that whole uh, uh, feeling. And then I think it's sometimes when the artist intends to do something, you know, you can shoot for it and they just don't quite reach it. But I think they shot for it and they, they got it. I think yeah, it I, definitely I agree. Score. And unlike an album that, oh, here's just a bunch of hits, boom, boom, boom. You feel like at the end of this, you, you've taken a journey, that something has happened, that you've gone somewhere. Uh, and that's uh, always the mark of, a, of an outstanding album. And I think it was, it was a, the reverse. It wasn't like, hey, guys, we need hits. It was like, make your album. 
and the hits came. So it was more of a, yeah. it was an organic approach. But so there it is. Absolutely. Brothers in Arms from 1985 Dire Straits. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you enjoy every episode. If you want to go to our back catalog and see exactly what albums we have reviewed, go to crispycoderobots.com. We have our list there. Yeah. Uh as well as um old uh pod old is that right should i say it that way podcast former podcasts we have uh, episodes listing for our podcast there we go that's, that's so it. you yeah. can actually listen wherever you listen to podcasts you can listen to our podcast crispy code robots it drops every tuesday we have a new episode and our episodes deal with what jim uh, we actually have to compile top five lists for the future because all the information in the future is destroyed we so, are time travelers sent back to help the future avoid the nuclear holocaust to come yeah. by talking about the best crackers or what are the best uh, board games. Or the or best Eddie Murphy movies. Eddie Murphy movies. Yeah. Or, so, yeah. yeah so, so we we're saving pop culture for the future. Yeah. So that's what we it's do. It's all on us, folks. So uh, The only podcast that matters. That is correct. <laughs> Wherever you listen to podcasts, every Tuesday we will have a new podcast but thank you for listening to this show and don't forget to check us out as we review albums all the time you know on on this show it's what we do ccr listens to uh george you have the final word go ahead be kind be well and find a way to invest yourselves into others every day thanks for listening gang this program has been a meaningless amalgamation of crispy coated robots under the direction of circus joe productions copyright 2020 all rights reserved copies of this broadcast transcript are not available because you should have been paying more attention to the show while it was playing you only have yourself to blame for that email jim and george at crispy coated robots at gmail.com to inform them of what they got wrong and all the parts that you liked in the event that such a thing like that occurred and finally be sure to check out crispy coated robots on their free weekly podcast available every tuesday at crispy coated robots.com or wherever you listen to podcasts the future is counting on it